0: You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio. Send feedback via the contact form on our website at ILABOLTimeradio.com. If you enjoy this program, please consider subscribing to our podcast for just five dollars a month at ILOBOldtimeradio.com forward slash support.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per
0: month trial period at shopify.com specialoffer special all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday, each day with a different theme. Tuesdays, it's the precursor to the I Love Lucy show, starring Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband. This episode originally aired on January 7th, 1949, and it's called Over Budget Beans. It's time for my favorite husband starring Lucille Ball.
2: Hello, everybody. Jello.
3: Yes, it's the new Gay Family series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Brought to you by the Jell-O family of desserts.
4: J-E-L-L Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand
2: for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O Cat puddings. Yes, sirree.
3: And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. Every day in each American home, an old native custom takes place. An ancient tribal ritual called waking up in the morning. Now, everyone has his own interpretation of how this should be done. For instance, at the Cooper's, George opens his eyes, bounds out of bed, flexes his muscles and says...
1: Oh, I'm glad I'm alive.
3: And Liz, not to be outdone, opens one eye, looks around, and says, I wish I was dead. (laughs) And then the daily ritual settles down to serious business as George Cooper is faced with the problem of getting sleeping
1: beauty out of bed. Come on, Liz, it's time to get up.
2: Yeah, yeah, I am. Just one
1: more. Um, hmm. Come on now, Katie's getting breakfast. It's quarter to eight. Uh Uh-huh.
2: Yes, dear. All right.
1: Mm. Well, why don't you get up?
2: Why don't you get lost? <laughs> I'm practically dressed.
1: Oh, sure.
2: How can you sleep
1: so long? You must be part bear.
2: I am not. I'm wearing my long flannel nightgown. <laughs> Here I come, George. I'm getting up right now. 1 2 <laughs>
1: Come on now, Liz. I'll pull the covers off.
2: Oh, just one more
1: minute. I'll tickle your feet.
2: I'm up. I'm up. Hmm.
1: Get moving. I'll pour cold water on you. No. I'll get my camera and take a picture of you and your curlers and cold cream.
2: I'm up. I'm up. So help me. I'm up. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that works every time. <laughs>
2: Have you started breakfast yet, Katie? No, Mrs. Cooper. Why? Well, I'd like an extra special breakfast for Mr. Cooper. I have a favor I want from him. I have to borrow some money.
5: Money? Mm -hmm. Oh, then I'd better serve breakfast on the paper plates. You can't throw them so far. Yes, and they don't hurt so much when they hit. Uh, If it's just a little money, I could lend it to you, Mrs. Cooper.
2: No, Katie, this is serious. It's my January budget. I made a New Year's resolution not to go over it, And it's all spent already. But this is only the seventh of the month. The seventh? Say, that's pretty good. I usually spend it by the fifth.
5: (laughs) Uh, Can't we avoid a scene with Mr. Cooper? I don't know how. I know. When I get my salary, I'll lend it to you until next month.
2: Katie, your salary was in the January budget. (laughs) I was afraid of that. I only wish he'd broken one of his resolutions, and he wouldn't have any right to be mad at me. What were his resolutions? He resolved not to drop any ashes on the rug and to clean out every ashtray he uses. Well, that's not so easy, you know. I know. It would be even harder if he smoked. <laughs> Forgot that Well, I'll just see if I can get around him By being so sweet and loving He just can't get angry when I tell him
5: That's like holding out a handful of grain to a turkey Just before you chop his head
1: off There's Are you out in the kitchen?
2: Oh, there's the old gobbler now
1: Honey, George Ah, breakfast about ready?
2: Oh, just about Oh, George I'm so lucky to be married to you
1: Yeah, you're right But uh, what brought this on?
2: Nothing Nothing, it's just that you're so wonderful Give me a big early morning hug (laughs) Okay Oh, hold me tighter, tighter, tighter Oh, but Liz Go on, pretend I'm a sack of walnuts and crack my
4: shells
2: (laughs) Oh, kiss me, George
6: Oh,
1: you talked me into it Mm -hmm.
2: George Your kisses are just as good as they were ten years ago how do you do it?
1: I keep them in a deep freeze.
2: Oh. <laughs> How about me, George? What do I kiss like, hmm? mm.
1: Give me another sample and I'll tell you. All right.
4: Hmm.
2: <laughs> well, what do I kiss like?
1: Like you were over your January budget. <laughs> No, don't you. I don't believe it. You used all the money I gave you for this month, and January's only a week old. How could you do it?
2: Ooh, I'm a stinker. Liz? George, put down that knife.
1: Huh? Oh. Come here, Liz. Yes, sir? In seven short days, you've spent all the money for all our bills for a whole month? Yes, sir. I'd like to hear a reasonable explanation of that.
2: So would I. Can you think of one?
1: What happened to the money, Liz? This is serious.
2: I know it is, George, and I'm sorry, but you know how bad I am at mathematics. You must
1: know what happened. Now, now we'll start at the beginning. What was your first mistake?
2: Not paying attention in seventh grade arithmetic class.
1: No! Uh, I mean after that.
2: Not paying attention in eighth grade arithmetic class. Liz! George, put down that knife!
1: Now answer my questions. Yes, sir. Did you at least pay the January bills? No, sir. The December bills?
2: No, sir. Ask me if I paid the October bills.
1: Liz, did you pay the October bills?
2: No, sir. At least not all of them.
1: Wait till I put this knife out of my reach. Yes, sir. Now, which ones?
2: I'm not sure. I have my own system for paying bills, you see.
1: I'm a fool to continue this conversation, but Mm. what is that system?
2: Well, I take the bills and divide them into three piles.
1: Oh. Due, overdue, and not due yet?
2: No, have to pay, ought to pay, and doubt if I ever will pay. If they
1: ever hear about this at the bank, I'm washed up.
2: Now, when I sit at the desk, I put the have to pays to my right Mm. and the ought to pays to my left.
1: Uh, What about the doubt if I ever wills?
2: I just throw those over my head onto the floor.
1: Oh, well, ask a silly question. Yes, sir. Now, now you've got the bills in three groups. Uh, what do you do then?
2: Well, I pay the ones on the right. Then if I have any more money, I play eeny, meeny, miny, moe with the bills on the left.
1: hmm logical. How does that work out?
2: Well, I'm usually all right through eeny and meeny, but when I get to Miney, there isn't any Mo. Oh. <laughs> well,
1: that system leaves you with a pretty sloppy living room, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Well, what happens to the bills that are on the floor?
2: Oh, I pick them up according to a system developed by Hoover.
1: Hoover? The president?
2: No, the vacuum cleaner.
1: (laughs) Liz, if you don't mind my asking, on what do you expect to run the house for the rest of the month?
2: George, if you don't mind my asking, give me some more
1: money. Liz, I'm going to teach you a lesson. No matter how much sacrifice I have to make, we'll get by the rest of the month without any more household money. Oh, George,
2: don't be silly.
1: No, I was never more serious. It'll teach you a lesson. We have a roof over our heads and we'll get by on whatever food there is in the house.
2: Oh, I wish you'd told me that before I went to the grocers yesterday. They were having a sale and I made a wonderful purchase.
1: Well, we'll be eating it for the next three weeks. What did you buy?
2: Six cases of beans. Beans?
1: Liz, you hate beans, and so do I. Why did you buy six cases?
2: Well, it was such a bargain, I couldn't pass it up. Oh.
1: Well, you'd better develop a taste for them.
2: George, you're not going through with this.
1: I certainly am. We spend no more money for the rest of January.
2: Oh, dear.
1: Well, goodbye, dear. I'm going to the bank. Come on, give me a kiss.
2: All right. Wait a minute. This is strictly business, George. Now, I'm talking to you as a banker. I'd like to make a loan on six cases of beans.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, madam, but your credit is no good.
2: Oh, you're so mean.
1: George Cooper, you're
2: a fiend.
1: And not just an ordinary one. I'm a new man, Liz. Meet George Cooper, king of the fiends. Meet Liz Cooper, queen of the beans. Hey, honey, I'm home. Hi, dear. How'd things go today? Just fine. I uh, didn't have any trouble getting along without cash, did you? None at all. What's for dinner?
2: I have the menu right here. Bean soup, bean salad, baked beans, and for dessert, bean meringue pie. Oh.
1: <laughs> Why didn't I think of this earlier? Do you
2: want to back out?
1: No, it isn't that. I had beans for lunch. <laughs> Hey, honey, I'm home. Hi, dear. how things go today? Just
2: fine. What's for dinner? Bean burgers. And for dessert, a bean sundae.
1: Uh, what's that? Ice cream with beans over it? No. Beans with ice cream over
2: it? Don't be silly. That would be beans a la mode.
1: Uh, well, what's a bean sundae? Beans with beans over them. Oh. Hey, honey, I'm home.
2: Bye, dear. How'd things go today? Just fine. What's for dinner? How would you like a nice, juicy sirloin steak? Liz, you,
1: you, you didn't manage to get one.
2: That's right, I didn't. We're having beans.
1: How are you fixing them tonight?
2: Oh, you'll love them, George. We took the beans and froze them into the shape of little
1: hats. They're called beanies. Well, if the food is going to be bad, at least the jokes could be better.
4: Yes,
2: sir. You know, George, you could put an end to this as quick as you started it. Come on, let's go out and buy dinner.
1: No, sir. I'm seeing this thing through. (sighs) As a matter of fact, I'm not very hungry. I had a big lunch.
2: George Cooper, did you spend money for lunch?
1: No, Mr. Atterbury paid for it. Uh, We were entertaining Mr. Taylor. He's the president of that factory they're building, and he'll decide which bank they do business with.
2: Oh, never mind the details. What did you have?
1: Oh, uh... Pork
2: chops.
1: (gasps) Pork chops? Yeah. Two big, thick ones. Oh.
2: George. George, tell me. Does meat still taste the same?
1: Liz, let go of my lapels.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I lose my head. Uh, The mention of meat upsets me.
4: (laughs) Well,
1: if, if you must know how it tasted, Liz... it Tasted like beans. Everything does.
2: George, I don't want any dinner either. Let's do something tonight. Can't we go to a movie?
1: Yeah, sorry, that costs money. Of course, maybe we could get a pass to the legitimate theater.
2: Oh, that's a wonderful idea. What's playing?
1: The late Christopher Bean.
2: Never mind. <laughs> we could play bridge with the Sturmses.
1: No, no, the way you play, that costs money too. Hmm. Of course, uh, we could stay at home and play bee-knuckle...
4: <laughs>
2: George, that's not funny Why does everything have to cost money? I'll put on the radio It's the only thing that's free And it'll take my mind off beans for a minute
4: <laughs>
2: Shiry, beauty beans <laughs> it off This is a conspiracy Well, we'll just stay home and look at each other That ought to be pleasant
1: well, you don't have to sound so hopeless. Hey, whatever happened to the fine art of conversation?
2: Conversation? Why, George, we couldn't possibly have anything to say to each other. We're married.
1: <laughs> Nonsense. We- we'll just sit right down and have a very interesting conversation.
2: All right, George. Let me get settled. All right. You start.
1: Okay. uh now let's see now. Uh, uh, you start.
2: No, no, you start.
1: Well, uh, Well, uh,
2: <laughs> That sounds fascinating. <laughs> well, it's
1: your attitude that's killing it. Before we were married, we never had this trouble. Oh, Liz. Remember how we used to park up at Inspiration Point?
4: Hmm, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, sometimes we'd stay there till two in the morning. <laughs> yeah,
2: I remember.
1: <laughs> I don't recall that uh, we were bored with each other's conversation then.
2: I don't recall that we did any talking at all.
1: (laughs) You know, this is more like it. Oh, what fun we used to have. Mm -hmm. Remember the time I took you skiing and we were snowed in at that lodge? And the fun we had until they rescued us? (laughs) What's the matter, Liz?
2: You never took me skiing in your whole life.
4: (laughs)
1: Uh Uh-oh. Well, well, remember...
2: uh... Do you mind if I put on the radio,
1: Mr. Cooper?
3: So remember those big red letters on the box. What happened?
1: The lights went out.
2: And the radio went off.
1: We must have blown a fuse. I'll go and see.
2: Oh, wait a minute. I think I know. George, how soon do they shut off the electricity if you don't pay the bill?
1: Liz, don't tell me you didn't pay the light bill.
2: All right, I won't tell you. Now I don't know why they went off.
1: Oh, fine. Now we're going to be without lights the rest of the month.
2: Oh, George, you're not going to be that stubborn, are you?
1: Yes, I am. I'm sorry, Liz.
2: All right. I'm going to get into bed and turn on the electric blanket and stay there for three weeks.
1: Uh, you'd better take a hot water bottle. The electric blanket takes electricity.
2: Hmm. Well, that's settled. Well, there's only one way to keep warm and occupied. What's that? Let's go out in the car and neck. <laughs>
3: and George will return in just a moment
6: when the United States was still a young and growing nation there came forth from all parts of the country idealists to create utopia for example there was John Humphrey Noyes who dreamed up the Oneida community in New York in 1847 it was designed to do away with sin and greed in order to keep the community alive small manufacturing industries were started by 1880, the community living plan had died and the industries had grown to great proportion and nationwide reputation. Even though John Noye's idea had backfired, his efforts provided a contribution to American industry. Another idealist who seemingly had in mind the health and happiness of Americans was Henry Club. About 1855, Mr. Club got the idea that people would be healthier if they were vegetarians. He thought they'd be happier if they lived in octagon-shaped houses on octagon-shaped parcels of land in octagon-shaped cities. Unfortunately for Mr. Club, he decided to establish Octagonal City, the center of the vegetarian settlement company, in a pretty dusty spot in Kansas. After one look at the hardships to be encountered on the barren plains, nearly every one of the subscribers to the vegetarian community went back to the non-vegetarian East Coast. One after another communal living experiments bloomed, faded, and disappeared. There were the Shakers, the Separatists of Zohar, the Rappetite Harmonists, Brook Farm, and many others, all planned toward better living and better people. Dreamers of the American dream can't be judged merely on the basis of success or failure, for failure can show people of the future what not to do. American men and women built the United States into a great nation because they conceived their ideas and tried them out. This is indeed part of the great American dream, a dream which has become a decisive reality.
3: Now, back to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Liz Cooper has already spent all her household money for January, and much to her surprise, George is making her get along as best she can without any more money. Well, at the last reading, they had been eating beans for a week, and now the electricity is off. Liz is beginning to crack under the strain.
4: Oh,
2: Katie. What's the matter, Mrs. Cooper? What next? Now we're all out of candles. Oh, why does Mr. Cooper have to be so stubborn? Because he's a man
5: <laughs> I know My first husband, Clarence, couldn't be rushed into anything either He took me out every Thursday night for seven years while we were engaged Every Thursday? Yes Then we got married and we didn't have anything to do on Thursday night
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Katie Katie, I just thought of a plan I'm going to charge some groceries and tell George I found the money in an old purse. I'll call Rafferty's Grocery. They carry everything, and they always have such good stuff.
1: Rafferty's Grocery and Delicatessen. You can eat it, drink it, chew it, slice it, or smell it. We sell it.
2: Oh, hello, Mr. Rafferty. This is Mrs. George Cooper. Yes, I need a lot of things today. Uh, Send me six lamb chops, two potatoes, uh, corn, peas, sugar, bread, butter, and milk. Oh, and charge it. Now, did I forget anything?
1: Yep. You forgot to check your husband. He stopped your credit.
2: What? Well, if that isn't the dirtiest trick, the nerve of him thinking I'd charge something behind his back.
1: Yeah, too bad, too. Got some wonderful specials. Could give you a real goodbye on beans.
2: Oh, no. Goodbye, Mr. Rafferty. I'm just going to call George up and give him a piece of my mind. Maybe that's George now. Hello, you no-good skunk. This
5: is the operator.
2: Uh Uh-oh, I'm sorry.
5: Your phone is being disconnected.
2: Just because I called you a skunk? (laughs) I said I'm sorry. We will resume service as soon as your overdue bill is paid. Oh, where will this end? Katie, they've disconnected our phone. Well, if that's the way they're going to act, what's the name of this phone company? I'll take my telephone business to someone else.
4: (laughs) Cooper,
2: you can't do that. There's only one phone company. Well,
5: I'll think of something. I'll, I'll, I'll get a carrier pigeon. Get two. One for messages and one for dinner.
4: I
2: know it. They called to apologize. You're too late. I've decided to use pigeons.
5: Liz,
1: what are you talking about?
2: It's no use, George. You can't talk to me. They've disconnected the phone. Hang up.
1: Now, wait a minute. I'm at the phone company. Oh. Everything's all right, Liz. The electricity will be on in a minute, and your credit is good at the market again.
2: What brought this on?
1: I'm calling a truce just for tonight.
4: Oh? Uh,
2: Yeah,
1: you you know that fellow Taylor I told you about? Yes. Well, I'm bringing him home to dinner. He's very important to the bank. Uh, We'll see you later.
2: Wait a minute. I'm mad at you.
1: Yeah, well, well, we'll talk about it later, Liz. Goodbye. But,
2: George, I... Oh, darn it. What's the matter, Mrs. Cooper? Oh... He makes us stick to this ridiculous business until the minute he wants to impress someone. And then he gaily calls a truce. Well, I'm going to fix him, all right. How? I'm going to pull a fuse and keep all the lights off. And and I'm going to wear my oldest dress and pretend we always live this way. And guess what we're having for dinner. Oh, no, Mrs. Cooper. Oh, yes. Get me some sticks and some glue. We're going to have bean on the cob. (laughs)
1: here we are, Mr. Taylor. Well, I must say, Cooper, you have a nice-looking place, but uh, are you sure your wife is expecting us? Oh, I'm sure she is. Why? All the lights are out. Uh, Well, we're probably dining by candlelight. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's wonderful. I can't wait to get a home-cooked meal. You know how it is when you're traveling. Nothing but beans, beans, beans. (laughs) Oh, you don't need to worry. We won't be having beans tonight. Hey, honey, I'm home. That's funny. No lights, no candles either. Probably a joke of hers. Liz is a great little kidder. Yeah, the lights don't work. Liz, where are you? Yeah, I'll light a match. There's no one here. Hmm. There's something moving in the corner. Liz, is that you? George, you've come back.
2: <laughs> you haven't forgotten your poor, starving wife. What? Did you bring some food? A crust of stale bread, a glass of warm water?
1: Have you gone crazy?
2: Yes, I think I have. Why wouldn't I? Cooped up here for years with no lights and no food. I'm going mad!
1: Well, this is most peculiar, Cooper. Is this some kind of a joke? Yes, of course it is, Mr. Taylor. Liz, why aren't the lights turned on?
2: Lights? Oh... That's that new invention you told me wasn't perfected yet. What are you trying to do? Who's that with you?
1: Oh, now stop it, Liz. What will Mr. Taylor think?
2: How do you do, Mr. Taylor?
1: Hello, Mrs. Cooper.
2: Tell me, Mr. Taylor, what's it like out there?
1: Out where?
2: Out there. I've been cooped up here so long. We can't afford a newspaper, and I never get to the movies. Tell me, what happened to
4: Dewey? Uh, he lost.
2: Oh, dear. I was sure he'd take
1: Manila. Oh, Liz, cut it out. And wh- why have you got on that old house dress?
2: Oh, George, how can you say anything unkind about this dress? Don't you remember? I wore it ten years ago when we were married. Now, Liz! I'm very sentimental about this dress, Mr. Taylor. It's the only one I've ever had.
1: Liz, stop it. Look, Mr. Taylor. Don't speak to me, you cad! What? I simply can't believe that a vice president of a bank would treat his wife like this. And personally, I wouldn't do business with a bank that has an executive like you.
2: Bless you, kind sir.
1: (laughs) This this whole thing is a very unfunny joke my wife is pulling. Now, now, I'll I'll get our maid and she'll tell you just what's going on. You keep your wife in rags and you have a maid?
2: Oh, she isn't really our maid. He just calls her that. She is, too.
1: Uh, Katie, would you please come in here? Coming. Katie, I want you to tell this gentleman what's going on in this house. All right. But first, what about
5: me, son? Didn't you bring some bread for your poor old mother? Oh, no! George. George.
4: George,
2: you're not mad at me, are you?
1: I haven't decided. Now, now, let me go to sleep.
2: Well, you, you'll you have to admit I gave Mr. Taylor a beautiful steak dinner.
1: Oh, sure. After you had your fun.
2: Well, maybe you won't be mad at me when I tell you I've got my accounts all straight. I don't owe a cent to anyone.
1: Yeah, I'm afraid to ask, but how did you manage that?
2: I wrote an article and sold it to the Daily Paper.
1: An article? Mm-hmm. What about?
2: A hundred different ways to fix beans.
3: been listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Danning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll, Jr. Original music was composed by Marlon Skiles and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. The part of Katie the Maid was played by Ruth Parrott. Lucille Ball will soon be seen in the Paramount picture Sorrowful Jones. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband next week. Bob Lamont speaking.
6: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. You know, if your partner's bringing home someone that's very important for work, it's best not to mess around with the hand that feeds you. Now, George perhaps should not trust that the bills are going to get paid when he sees evidence to the contrary every month. I mean, at that point, you're just, you're doing it to yourself. Now, did you notice something different? No, I'm not talking about the sponsorship of Jell-O. But did you notice that the last name changed from Cougat to Cooper? Now, according to some research, the name change was due to the confusion with bandleader Xavier Cougat. Though, why there was confusion, since he had nothing to do with the program, I have no idea. My only thought is the fact that Lucille was married to a Latin bandleader, and that could have caused some confusion, even though Cougat was from Spain and Arnez was from Cuba. Now, I don't know, but that's the best I could come up with. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Spotify, Apple, or Google. We're also on Stitcher, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio, or by listening right from our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com. If you enjoy our program, please make sure you rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you like to help support this show, you can do so by visiting iloveoldtimeradio.com forward slash support. Tomorrow we join Private Eye, George Valentine, and Let George Do It, and join us again next Tuesday for a new episode of My Favorite Husband. For com, this is Virtual Vinny, signing off.